and welcome to the edition podcast. I'm Charlotte Henry. Uh, subscriptions have been a rather dominant theme in the media over recent years. For years, we thought we could give away stuff for free and the advertisers would save us. Then Facebook changed the algorithm. I'm joking only slightly. And then everyone realized they actually needed uh, customers to pay for their content. And that's why I love all you paid edition newsletter subscribers. You're all delightful. Uh, one person who has been doing a lot of brilliant reporting on this is Bron Mayer of the Press Gazette. You're the senior reporter there, aren't you, Bron? Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yes, I am. I will disclose I am also the only reporter at Press Gazette, but hey. <laughs> You're, that makes you even more senior. Absolutely. That makes you the most senior. So as I say, you've been doing a lot of reporting on subscriptions. And I guess the place we have to start when we're talking about digital subscriptions, particularly for news newspapers and news news products, uh, written news products, is of course the New York Times. Now, you, you did quite an extensive piece on their their strategy after a recent results. What just break down kind of what you found first of all, because we hear a lot about it, but we sort of need to break down what's going on there. Yeah. So um, I think we've Press Gazette keeps a list of basically that all the digital news, uh, the the most successful digital news subscription. You absolute nerds. <laughs> and that's like, why it's great to have you on the show because this is a place for media nerds. Please continue. Thank you. You are uh, home. You are in a safe space. But the New York Times comes way up the top of this list because, um, well, uh, some would say that they benefit substantially from the Trump bump. Uh, others would say they just successfully maneuvered themselves into a good position. But they've been going after digital subscribers for quite a while. And coming up to 10 million uh, subscribers now, that's separate from subscriptions. As far as subscriptions go, I believe they're already over 10 million. Um, and they've been talking for quite a few earnings calls now, um, at least I want to say a year about the bundle. Yes, you counted in your article, didn't you, the number of times uh, the chief executive, Meredith Coppett-Levian, uh, said the word bundle. It went from 46 in the uh, three months ago to 15, This the most latest call you listened to. Um, yeah, or at least it was 46, I think, in the entire call. To be fair, I didn't, didn't hear the, call, the entire call for the other one, so I haven't got the figure this time. Oh. But, uh, but it was at least 15 times in her prepared remarks. Okay, um, 15 times in prepared remarks, <laughs> which I think uh, rather makes the point. It's what you were underlining in your article, really about how important the bundle is to the New York Times. Um, by the bundle, you lay this out again in the piece, you mean the New York Times as we think of it, the news product, New mm. York Times cooking, yep. New York Times games, yep. Wirecutter, which is the tech review site, right. and The Athletic, which is the sports product, which has essentially now replaced the New York Times sports desk. Yes, as of uh, what a month or two ago. Yeah. So... That's a lot to go in one product. Uh, and that, by your reporting, seems to be going pretty well for them. Yeah, they, they've they they've kind of given a few reasons for this. Um, on one hand, they say, you know, it's it's a useful way to get around algorithmic changes because, you know, each of these products is a destination in its own right. Yes, people come to the front page of the New York Times to, uh, well, for their news, uh, but plenty of people will go to the game section just for their daily wordle, um, which for now is not paywalled, but uh, as they're yes. totally not necessarily uh, going to stay that way forever. But well, I, I, I am an all-access subscriber, 
and a Wordle mm -hmm. addict. And the benefit you get from being a paid subscriber is that you can play Wordle anywhere and it keeps your stats, <laughs> including in the New York Times Games app. Uh, I see. That does make sense. Yes. Yeah. I, so you do yeah. that. You're already getting some kind of paywall advantage on Wordle, and I assume I'm, the crosswords and everything else. I'm not too concerned about my streak, so I just, I just, I just do it to while away time. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, whatever, it's fine. Well, that now you know what Bron's doing on his phone, uh, press gazette editors. If he tells you he's waiting for sources to get back to him, he's actually playing Wordle. So you've got all of that, and they're putting all this together. And it has been hugely successful. Frequently, I've had people make the comments on this show. It happens on every media show you listen to, frankly, that people cite the New York Times as the news organization that's been most successful at moving from print to digital and getting people to pay for it. Because you didn't always have to pay for the New York Times online. Yeah, I think they introduced the paywall in 2011. Um, so they've been at it for quite a long time. Um, I think, yeah, Ben Smith in his recent book kind of uh, credited that decision with ending up like being the driver for uh, the New York Times' ultimate success in this period. Um, and the reason that they kind of like triumphed over what seemed in the middle of the decade, the 2010s, that is. Uh, like the inevitable triumph of the digital media startups like BuzzFeed and Vice, which obviously has not exactly panned out. Well, it, it was su inevitably successful until it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> until, it, until it was inevitably unsuccessful. But yeah, you can read Bronze article. I'll link to it in the show notes if you want to get all the breakdown of the numbers. We we won't do that. But what was important is, as you said, this idea of the bundle, these multitude of products that you get for one subscription. And I guess other news companies are going to be looking at this and going, ah, so this is what we have to do to get people to pay. Mm, yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting, right? Because this isn't really that different from what newspapers used to do back in the day. You literally bundle this offering. Um, and you do have other publishers kind of getting into this. I mean, uh, The Telegraph recently announced that it finally passed a thousand. Oh, sorry, a thousand. Um, I a million uh, digital subscribers, which has been a goal of the CEO, Nick Hugh, for quite a while. And um, they also have a pretty robust puzzle offering. Um, they like they have, I think they've just launched an app. Um, and like Jonathan Knight, the head of games at the New York Times, uh, in an interview with us, like lauded them for their, their puzzle offer too. So like these bundles are kind wow, of- Wow, the, the power the of the puzzle. Honestly, it's people really go in for it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, yes, you wrote up about actually about the Telegraph subscription as well. They managed to reach it, as you said, before the end of 2023. That was their aim. Now, this was helped, we should say, by they bought Chelsea Magazine Company a few months ago in March. Uh, and so that obviously helped boost the subscriptions in this whole package. But again, it was... You get the Telegraph, you get presumably the Chelsea Magazine company's products, you get Telegraph wine cellar, Telegraph puzzles you've just mentioned. So again, that is that bundling effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, it makes sense, right? You bring in more people with more interests, and especially if you make sure that you're the kind of thing that they're checking in with daily, then it seems to provide that value, which I suppose the, the free things haven't been, or just yeah. provide doesn't. And actually, when we're talking about both these bundles, the the sort of parent product and the things they've bought do seem to sync up. You mm. can see why, like, the demographic of the Chelsea Magazine company readership would equate 
nicely with the Telegraph's readership, for example. You can see why people who love in-depth reporting about sport would probably like the New York Times and are very happy to have access to both the New York Times and the Athletic, for example. Right. Like, ahead, it kind of works. No, it kind of works, doesn't it? Yes, albeit at a oh. discount price. Right, let's deal with the elephant in the room. <laughs> there are a hell of a lot of discounts. I, I checked before we had this conversation, because, you know, I am a professional. Mm -hmm. And I have a New York Times all-access bundle. I thought I did, but I just wanted to check that the exact product you'd written about was the one I had, and it is. Um, and I absolutely distinctly remember taking it out because I was like, oh, yeah, I'll read The Athletic. Oh, yeah, I like The New York Times. Um, and then I realized I was getting it for £2.50 a month, the whole lot. Which is a pretty good uh, number to be paying. It's not very whole. much at all, is it? Um, but then, of course, the trouble is what I think uh, in, I don't know what it is now. They might have discounted it even steeper, but I think it was what? It's £2 a week, a month? For month. a month for the New York Times entire bundle. Um, uh, I, oh, it's cheap. Oh, that's even less than I'm paying. And it's certainly only if you just want the athletic, which you point out is basically the only thing, certainly in the UK, you can get separately because they're trying to make you push you to that bundle. Um, that is offers for the athletic for just one ninety nine a month. Yeah, so like you can you can save a pay. <laughs> instead of instead of seven ninety nine for the athletic, and as you say, at that price point, you're like, oh, I might as well just pay the fifty p or whatever and get the New York Times as well. Right, exactly. Um, and I think the, the just to give uh, a sense of the scale of that discount, um, the the two pounds all access is down from what would normally be twelve pounds, and I think in the US it's three dollars, and that's all the way down from twenty five. And I think that's because in the UK you can't really get access to Wirecutter or it doesn't cover UK products, so the bundle is a bit smaller in the UK. It, oh, it's yes, it's not quite the same. It's not quite as extensive. Um, so what happens when the discounts end? That's the killer. That's the well. I was going to say million dollar question. It probably is a million dollar question. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, you go up to a much higher price point. Obviously, you usually. I think they do have some interim pricing for some customers, although they're kind of evasive on how exactly you get that. Um, mm -hmm. But most people would graduate at least at some point onto the full pricing, and it seems like churn isn't terrible quite a lot of people are sticking around at least for the new york times offering maybe that's just because it's so broad or maybe it's because they have uh their notoriously difficult unsubscription process where you have to actually ring someone up which people hate okay can we talk about this <laughs> i've tweeted this and i'm happy to say it on the show when i take over the world when i am world ruler the first thing i'm bringing in is that you if you subscribe to a product online you must be able to unsubscribe to it with one click online. I am not having this anymore. <laughs> well, you're going to have to take it up with Miss Copet Levian because uh, unfortunately for the consumer, um, it seems from the executive standpoint, it suddenly works for keeping people around. No, I'm not having this. I'm going to, I'll go to multiple legislatures and I'm making this illegal. I think you would have some success there, actually. I'm sure like tons of MPs offices are <laughs> weighted down with uh with graduated up subscription prices um i actually like joking aside i actually think this is quite a sort of quite serious point because 
you sort of get into your often it's for a year so you sort of forget about when you started the subscription suddenly you notice on your bank account you're paying 10 times the amount you did last month and then it's really difficult and annoying to to unsubscribe this happens in the uk it happens with us products i do actually think that people that if people want to work in this world of subscriptions they have to be reasonable about the unsubscription process because you know people are our age we don't speak to people on the phone it's a terrifying <laughs> concepts um so i really do feel quite strongly about that and actually i think newspapers in particular are seem to be the worst offenders for this i don't notice it so much with streaming services uh, but this is quite good at kind of offering you a oh don't you want to stay around for a half well, price thing um whereas i don't know i don't know did, have you have you tried to leave the new york times subscription i think i have ca i have cancelled the athletic before and you could do that just online but yeah. for example the wall street journal you definitely have to phone someone yeah. <laughs> and also it's not always a local like it's one thing if you have to if you're a uk subscriber and you have to cancel by phone in the UK. Anyway, rant over. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Um, although I do, as I say, I do joke aside, I do think it's quite an interesting and important issue that does need to be fixed. But of course, I guess in a very timely manner, we have to talk about how the New York Times got to this point with subscriptions to become the kind of industry leader. And one person who's widely credited for it. I mean, these things are not normally so simple, but he clearly was highly involved as Mark Thompson. Used to be the director general of the BBC, then led the New York Times and was right at the helm of it as the New York Times built the subscription business you were talking about over that 10-year period or so. Now he's taking over CNN. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh... So Mark Thompson didn't bring in the uh, the as as you as you notice not quite so simple obviously and I would love to know the ex exact extent of Mark Thompson's involvement in guiding this whole process but he came on uh, on board at the New York Times as the CEO in 2012 the year after the paywall came in but as I understand it they only had mm, 500,000 or so digital subscribers at that point and by the time he left in 2020 they were at seven million. Uh, so he, at the very least, stewarded, <laughs> like presided over a very successful period for that strategy. And um, as uh, as CNN kind of reels from its post CNN plus RP uh, rollout and then de rollout, I imagine will be <laughs> somewhat heartening for the staff to know that they have someone who's kind of presided over some success on subscriptions. Although, I don't know how's how's newspaper subscriptions going to end up differing from. Uh, from streaming well yes and i wrote a newsletter on streaming fatigue recently and that is obviously a real thing uh we're seeing all sorts of data that show people are happy to give up their subscriptions feel they need to give up their subscriptions to save money are happy to bounce around which subscriptions they have each month um so that is quite difficult there might be a point where someone goes uh, I don't want Max this month. There's nothing on there for me. And that means they don't have CNN at the moment. That will mean they will not have CNN's digital streaming offering. Now, obviously, there's the converse argument, which is saying you you keep Max because you want to be able to watch CNN on the go. So it, it can work both ways. But I think the streaming model of subscriptions is different in some ways. Because I think, I don't know, what's your impression? I feel like people... 
only maybe have one news might want one newspaper subscription like they read like they're a times reader they are a telegraph reader uh as opposed to like people do tend to have maybe a couple of streaming subscriptions mm. yeah i don't know i uh i mean obviously I, I think it's probably much more useful uh that this new cnn streaming offer will be within kind of like an ecosystem of warmer bros discoveries products sure. um whereas i don't know how that would have worked exactly for cnn plus because i i like maybe this is just me um no disrespect to cnn by any means like uh but i can't imagine subscribing to just cnn <laughs> no uh well i guess that's slightly different for us here in the uk yes um but and there are ways for us in the uk to get cnn for free uh it appears on my televisions it's just one of the free you know ad supported channels that you know when you go to that weird part of your tv that you don't ever look at it's there right. with all the random channels so which is great you know fantastic um but yes i don't know if i would try and get an extra cnn subscription maybe during if there was a month during an american election i would quite like it that's true. I guess I just don't watch that much uh, that much uh, TV news in the first place. But I, I do. Well, that's because you're very young. There, there, there is an element of that potentially. But we, uh, but you know, I, it is something that I associate with like airport lounges and stuff like that. <laughs> it's on in the hotel room. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I, I do think that we're going to see. And I've discussed it before. This, the bundling idea that you cite in the New York Times, in the Telegraph in lots of increasing numbers of print publications i'm sure conde nas offers some bundles of different things or if you have one thing you get this magazine for free i'm sure i've seen those offers as well from conde nas i think we're going to see that with streaming in part to try and deal with this subscription fatigue mm, yeah actually that that does make sense i mean i guess that's that's kind of the deal with max right is um absolutely you you're gonna get your news it's kind of like I mean, it's kind of like signing up to satellite or cable back in the day. I was going to say, doesn't it sound like a cable <laughs> bundle? Yes. Uh, does, as you might, doesn't it sound like buying that freeview box or whatever? Yeah, it really, really does. And that that's going to be an interesting stage in this kind of transitional period of digital media. But let, let's pivot back to Mark Thompson just for a bit, because I think it is an interesting choice. Mark Thompson's led now two of America and therefore kind of the world's leading news organizations in new york times and now cnn and obviously we have a lot of patriotic fervor on this show it, this is a brit in new york running these major major american news organizations yeah and i think it's um uh, i mean i I, I did find a funny little uh, homely twang in reading David Zaslav's uh, memo to staff, uh, where he, among among the many achievements that he mentioned, uh, uh -huh. Thompson, he was like, and he launched iPlayer, the UK's first like uh, national broadcasters streaming service, uh, which is it's kind of funny to see iPlayer mentioned there because it feels a little parochial, but at the same time, it maybe no small thing perhaps that in the wake of cnn plus and all and now the new cnn streaming service that they bring up iplayer and this wow. successful example of a streaming service i do think we rather underestimate the iplayer actually i mean we could do a whole episode on that separately but i do think that we in the uk rather take the iplayer for granted um 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, absolutely. I love, I love iFlyer. It's, uh, it, it is a joy for me. Well, and also when you think of, we won't name them because we're very polite on the show, but when, let's say when you think of some of the other free streaming products offered by uh, the BBC's competitors here in the UK, they're somewhat clunkier than what the BBC offered. Let's leave it at that. Let's say no more. I, I, that is that is arguably a fair thing, and thankfully for me, I'm I'm just a news media uh, covering guy. I don't have to worry about the rest of the media coverage, so I can I can slag off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. no, no. We but can be fair, we can be very robust here, but I think the point <laughs> is, it is actually quite legitimate to cite the iPlayer as a major success and a good global example of how you can do digital streaming, including in news, um, and we probably take it a little bit for granted here in the UK, which is rather interesting. Um, so that kind of all brings us on to actually what we're doing, what the subscription, particularly news situation is here in the UK. Uh, because obviously we've talked about America's The Times. We've talked about The Telegraph, which is here in the UK. But our Times, The Times, uh, Times of London, does not have really a bundling option. It's sort of, I think it's generally considered to be quite a successful subscription product. Because yeah. it basically put everything behind the paywall, didn't it? Doesn't churn out news stories all day. It's basically mm. a newspaper online. It updates it a couple of times a day, doesn't it? They're still doing that. Uh, there are yeah. some. I've noticed there's an increasing number of live updates, but it's not the same as like the Guardian or the Telegraph, where news stories are going up the whole time. And that's quite an interesting model, and it seems to have been successful. But there's no bundle there. You have the Times, and then you know. Yes, you can access the puzzles. Of course, we have to talk about the puzzles yeah. on that website. You know, the Times 2, like extra supplement, is it's all there. It's just mm -hmm. one thing. There's no extra bits, if you like. Yeah, although I'd be interested. I haven't looked uh, in much detail at this one, unfortunately, because sadly, News Corp's, uh, News Corp's uh, information is not quite as granular as the New York Times is when they discuss their UK business. Um, or, well, New York Times doesn't have much in the way of UK business, but regardless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would be interested to know what kind of effect they've had from discounting too, because yes. I think they, they also deploy a relatively hefty, um, not as much as the Telegraph, but like a pretty big, um, discount to kind of attract. Yeah. More. And also there's a way of combining, you know, getting it digitally someday. Say maybe you want the print Sunday times, but the times six days a week, just on your iPad or something, there's ways of doing that. And there is a, something called Times Plus, which has events mm. and other rewards and stuff. So that's kind of a bundle, but it's not quite the same thing as what we've described with like purchasing multiple products. Mm -hmm. the, the Times of London has not bought a UK tech site and embedded it into the Times, if you like. It doesn't even embed actually um, Times Radio. Oh, you wow. don't get anything <laughs> you Like you can click on, there's a Times Radio link on its mm. website but you don't get like an extra you know an ad free version or anything like that for a time subscription which is kind of interesting anyway so that's where we are um and i do want to return to this idea of what happens when the discount ends because i think that's going to be a very telling moment for people and i think it's going to happen at a point where people's personal finances are still a little bit well stretched mm. and if something's gone from three pounds a month 
to £12 a month, people might go, okay, I can live without it in the current financial climate. Yeah, I think I, I the only thing I can speculate at using the New York Times again as an example is that maybe things that I think there might be a threshold under which people are willing to have these kind of smaller expenditures. So like um, w the news only product um, for the New York Times, which you can't actually buy. Well, you can technically buy it if you like bring them up and cajole them, I think, but uh, but you can't get it through the website anymore. Uh, but for those people who are still on it, um, the average revenue per user has gone up over the last few quarters as more and more users are graduated onto higher prices. And that suggests that those people are sticking around. Well, insofar as the, the numbers have still stayed high and the number of digital subscribers has gone up. Average revenue per user has gone down on um, on the bundle access, but that's probably because of the heavy discounting on the introductory offers. But you know, they're trying to funnel people into the bundle and therefore charging a lot less at the moment. Right. And I, I mean, I can imagine. So I, I got graduated onto uh, onto a full price news subscription. I don't have the bundle. Um, and I went from what two pounds to four pounds. And I'm kind of like, oh, that's annoying. But it's four pounds for The New York Times, which is a useful for my job. And B, it's just, you know, it's The New York Times is pretty good. Yep. And so I'm, it you know, I thought about cancelling it, but I didn't. Um, whereas, like, my Now TV uh, subscription jumped up from 5 to 10, and I'm like, I don't know about that. That's, that's <laughs> good now. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe this is, this is parcel, this is speculation, but I feel like there might be some element where people will allow for a certain amount of <laughs> graduating prices, yeah. but... Uh, there's probably some kind of psychological psychological limit where they're like, mm, I can't justify this anymore. Yeah. And I also, not only do I entirely agree with you on that, I also think that people are now starting to see their media subscriptions as a whole. The companies mm. have always thought, oh, it's only £2 for this, so you're paying £2 for news. But you might also be paying, I don't know, mm. £9.99 a month for Spotify. And you said now TV and then you've got 16 quid a month for Netflix. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you're looking at your media subscriptions bill as a whole and looking at ways to bring that as a whole, you know, it's almost your personal bundle, right? Right. And people are looking at a way to reduce the cost of that. And that may be where the price tweaks also affect mm -hmm. things. Yeah. So I guess it becomes a matter of, can you keep your product in people's personal bundles? Yeah. I, I think that's I, I seriously think that might be the case. When I as I say, when I look at that data on subscription fatigue, people are happy to have a couple of, you know, video subscription services. My guess is it's always been Netflix plus one. Mm -hmm. Um a, a audio, a music streaming service, either Apple Music, which of course is in a services bundle through Apple, mm -hmm. if you want that. And then maybe a new, you know, a couple of new subscriptions, depending on their job, depending if they're normal people or people like us that subscribe to loads of different news things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, then you've still got your traditional TV costs, mm -hmm. which I don't think people, and I think people are starting to see the whole thing as a whole. And yeah. okay, people might go, oh, I've got a really good introductory offer to Paramount Plus, but I've not watched much on it. I can cancel it for a little bit, for example. 
yeah, I think it's no no great coincidence that uh, back onto iPlayer, people are like they're increasing political calls to uh, make iPlayer a subscription or not iPlayer, the BBC a subscription service. Uh, it's like people do kind of see the license fee that way. What as a subscription? So, yeah, I think it's a. <laughs> oh well, we won't do it. We we could do. <laughs> Not just one show, but multiple shows on the future of the BBC and the iPlayer and the license fee. So we'll resist that. Um, <laughs> but I, I personally think the sub- kind of subscription thing. Just I, I, I've said it loads of times on my show, on other people's show. I think the BBC license fee is the best subscription I pay for out of or best value out of almost anything. If you consider radio, TV, the iPlayer, which now has the whole of the bold type on it, which I'm so excited about. I, should, I don't can't believe it's taken me this long to mention that while we've been chatting about it. So yeah, I think I always use this phrase kind of back to the future, and I think that is slightly happening with this, where people are looking at their costs as a whole. It's feeling like an old-fashioned cable bundle, so on and so forth. But it will um it'll be an interesting one to watch. I think for the end of this year, at the start of next year, as and I think there's going to be some services that fail, both print and uh you know both the print digital media and streaming services that will fail to get enough people to actually want to pay for them and they'll have to consolidate themselves and work with other people whether it's you know we're seeing just uh, bt sport what was bt sport become tnt with discovery plus built into it so on and so on and so on sky off often offers um various services and reduced subscriptions for its products doesn't it So I think we'll see that. And I think probably the New York Times model that you've outlined for us will be one that we see for various kind of print products as well, won't it? Yeah, I'm uh, interested to see what other things people can innovate as things that they can offer alongside your news. What do you want? Well, if a media mogul wants to buy the edition for a high sum and incorporate (laughs) it into their bundle, you can email me. Bron Mayer thank, from the Press Gazette, thank you so, so much for joining me on the edition. Where can people keep up with you and your fantastic work? Uh, you can, actually, the best thing you can do probably is... Uh, Don't say to, subscribe. Subscribe to Press Gazette's <laughs> newsletters. Um, but you can follow me personally at Bron underscore Ma on Twitter slash X, if you like. Bron Ma, no underscore on pretty much anywhere else, like Blue Sky or Threads, if you like. Instagram right. even like um pretty much all the same the ground, front. um well thank you so much we'll link to your stories in the show notes I'm at Charlotte A Henry or at Charlotte A Henry across social media I really hope you are subscribed to the edition newsletter newsletter.theedition.net and particularly a paid subscription makes a huge huge difference to keeping the show on the road thank you once again Bob for joining me and I'll see you all next week mm-hmm.